Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of having Trevor Lee. He's all the way in the UK. He runs a company, Trevor Lee Media, and he's an expert at how to do presentations that generate sales. Trevor, welcome to the program. Hey, Mar, it's fantastic to be here. Great to see you again. Ah, oh, pleasure seeing you. I was on your podcast a little while ago. It was such fun. So where in the UK are you? Well, I'm in a place called Cornwall, which if, if uh, anyone's listening to this show and has ever been on holiday in the UK, then Cornwall may well be one of the places they would have looked out for. So in the very southwest tip of the UK, out the way of everybody else. Brilliant. I, I remember living in London and uh, going all the way to the beach, and it was like a kind of a miserable experience compared to Mexico or somewhere more exotic. But hey, when you live in the UK, you take what you get. <laughs> so I'm glad we're having this conversation because... So let me tell you a story. I was uh, in front of uh, a large group of sales managers and I said, okay, this is the sales process as I know it, plus or minus. Getting the appointment, doing the presentation, handling the objections, closing the sale, and deepening into the account to get more referrals. Uh, is that plus or minus correct? They said, yes, that's correct. Where do salespeople struggle the most that stops them from gaining the sales that they want? And they said, getting appointments. Not enough appointments means not enough sales. And actually closing the sales was another area. But one that often gets neglected because we take it for granted is that presentation phase. Because that's where you get to communicate your ideas. And not so much what you want to communicate is what the other person gets. And I think that's what you do. How do you communicate in a way that the other person feels inspired to do something? So tell me about that, Trevor. Well, that's a very good point, Omar, because one of the biggest challenges I find with people who do presentations in any sort of business context is that they have a tendency to uh, put the presentation together for themselves yes. rather than for their audience. So they think, hey, I need to tell them how great I am at this and oh, I need to stick that in because that makes me feel good about that and I'm really good at this, so I better mention that. And of course, a lot of the time, the audience don't want to hear all that. They just want to know what's in it for them. And I think that's big challenge most presenters have. Here's my hypothesis, and correct me if I'm wrong, that for the salesperson, sometimes that isn't what they're thinking. It's This is the most important thing. This is what the person knows. They don't even realize that they're self-aggrandizing themselves. They think they're doing it for the benefit of the customer. And that, of course, is not what the customer hears. So how do you help people understand how to craft that presentation? And if you can tell me about a particular client of yours, you can protect the, change the name to protect the innocent, kind of what they were presenting before and how you got them to transform, and then we'll break it down so people listening to this podcast realize your mastery. Well, I think, I think Omar, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pattern amongst a lot of clients, actually, and that is that when I, when I work with them on a presentation, I, I discover that the first thing they've done is fire up the PowerPoint or the PowerPoint equivalent. And that means that they've usually dragged a former presentation onto their screen and they think, right, okay, I'll just make a few tweaks and I'll change the logo yes. on the front slide and I'm away. <laughs> and that 
is the that is the starting point. So my starting point, because I've got a little model of presenting called the seven P's of presenting, and it starts simply with the purpose of your presentation. Um, so why are you presenting? What do you want the outcome to be? What do you want the next steps to be? Those sort of things. And very rarely do I find that, you know, presenters do that. A good example. Sorry. Trevor, you don't understand. My product and my service is so good. As soon as they just hear a little bit about it, they'll just want me to stop and they'll buy it immediately. And it sounds silly, but somehow we end up believing that, right? My product is so good, they'll want it. You don't understand, Trevor. So how do you get people to really step into the other person's shoe? Well, that is, that is exactly it, Umar, is getting the presenters to think, what is it like to be on the other side of my presentation? And one of the ways I do work with people is I say, okay, so if you are in the, you know, if you are in the audience, you know, why is this of interest to you? Why should you be engaged by it? Why should you do something at the end of it? Because all I'm hearing at the moment is how great you are and how many trophies you've won and what a great coffee machine you've got in your office. I'm not hearing what's in it for me. And that's what you've got to do. You've really got to switch sides and put yourself in the audience for your presentation and then see if it works. So Trevor, where were you when I needed you? So, you know, I've started dating again and I'm going to these dates and I'm starting off with, I'm amazing. I'm fantastic. I have this great cat and, and, and dates leave. They go to the bathroom and they leave out the back door. So when you phrase it like that, if you were going on a date and you just told people how awesome you were for the first 10 minutes, they'd want to kill themselves or you or leave. So yeah, you need to know what the outcome is and how do you step into the other person's shoes? What's the next P? Well, the next the, the next P is uh, the second P is people, which is understanding your audience, and then it gets into your preparation, and the pre- preparation is really the logistics of it. But the, the fourth P, which is we still not got to the slides, is the yes. planning, and that's the that's the content, the flow, and the structure of your presentation, because you know you want your presentation to feel like it's not a series of slides that are just hacked together. If you use it, yes. which the vast majority of people do, as we know, it has to kind of tell that story make people feel as though they're part of that story and they're going on that journey with you. And then when you get to the end of the journey, they go, yeah, this is right. This is what I need. This is, you know, I'm ready to go. I want you to work with me. I want to buy your product or your service or whatever it is. So it it is that. And I think a lot of people who do presentations, they don't, they don't get that bit. That's what I find when I work with most of them. They just don't get that. They feel that a presentation is all about a series of slides and you just throw in people stuff and, and hope it sticks. And then they wonder why it doesn't work. And it's like, they need to know this. Uh, I was uh, reading a book, actually a few books around uh, Steve Jobs. And all the books are about how amazing he is, how fantastic he is. And there was this one book by his ad agency. And they had given this anecdote in the book, which I found really revealing, is that they were trying to market this new product for Apple. And Steve was saying, no, no, you don't understand. We need to let people know that it does these five things. It's critical in the ads that they know it does A, B, C, D, E. And the marketing guy said, no, Steve, that doesn't make sense. We need to focus on one idea. No, no, they need five. So the guy finally gives up and he gets a piece of paper and he crumples it up and he says, Steve, catch. And he throws it to Steve and Steve catches it and throws it back. Then he crumples up another four pieces of paper, gets all five and says, Steve, catch and sends all five to him. And he doesn't catch any one of them. And so just really drove it home that one idea is what you need to focus on. So as they're preparing for the slides, what's that one idea you want them to communicate? Does it differ from presentation to presentation or how do you uh, cross that bridge? Well, I, th- I think it will. I think it will differ. I mean, I would I would normally say in, on that context, you know, don't go with more than three core messages within your presentation. Yes, because if you get beyond three, like you say, you, you people, for, you know, and, and very often, of course, one of the big challenges is that, as I said at the beginning, people kind of have this 
what you might call the kitchen sink approach. They want to throw everything in there, you know, let mm-hmm. it all in there. Everything I do, I've got to get into my 10-minute presentation. But if you, can, if you can narrow it down to one key thing, and that goes back to the purpose, Umar. You know, what is it you want to achieve at the end of the presentation? What's your key goal? And whatever that is, then what do you need to put in your presentation to give you the best chance of achieving it? And everything else needs getting rid of. And that's why a big skill of being a presenter is when you're planning is to be a ruthless editor, as I would call it. Chop out all the stuff that really doesn't work. I mean, it might be great stuff, but it doesn't need to be there. And that's why you need a coach. That's why you need someone like you because uh, it's so hard to do it yourself because it's your Kool-Aid. It's your baby. You think your baby's beautiful. And while somebody else might say, you know, you better put a mask on that. But, <laughs> <laughs> so editing is difficult. So tell me, uh, you've not been doing this business for your entire lifetime. So when you first started saying, hey, I'm going to help you with your presentations, what was your message back then? And what's your message now when you communicate with people and you have a chance to talk to them about your uh, what you do. Has that message changed? Have you honed it to be more precise? I, I don't think it's necessarily changed. Clearly, circumstances have changed. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I remember, you know, doing presentations a long time ago without the use of even PowerPoint and things like that, you know, when we were using, you know, very, a different version of things in those days. And of course, now, right now, particularly right now, we're doing a lot more virtual presentations, more yes. so than probably ever before. And we're going to continue to do that. So, but at the end of the day, Umar, you know, I think you've got to engage your audience, you've got to educate them, you've got to enthuse them. And to a degree, without being over the top, you have to entertain them. So those are my kind of four things that I would, I would, you know, get those all in your presentation, whether it's 10 minutes or 20 minutes or half an hour, whatever it might be, get those four things in there. and, And that, again, will give you a better chance of being more successful. Absolutely. Today, it's been really odd in our conversation today. We've used a lot of cliches. I'm about to use another one. <laughs> uh, if the tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? And uh, if you give a presentation that the person listening to it doesn't care about, what was the freaking point in the first place? So how do you ensure that your presentation has a point that the recipient cares about? Well, I think that goes back to you know the people bit is understanding why your audience are there in the first place. You know, why are they why are they giving you the time to present to them? What are they expecting from you? You've got to mm-hmm. really suss that out. And of course you can find that out. You can do your research, you can tell people about it in advance. Um, but you've got to make sure that you then deliver. I'll tell you a little story myself. When I went to a business event some years ago and a guy was listed to do a half an hour presentation on how to shoot video on your phone. And I and at the time it was a it was a relatively new thing. And I thought, yeah, great, I'm going to that. So I went along, sat down. 25 minutes into his presentation, all he'd done was talk about his company and how they make great videos on not using their phone. And then he said, oh, and by the way, here's a couple of tips to use video on your phone. (laughs) I left thinking I'd been conned out of my my half an hour of my my time at that event. And he conned the rest of the audience. Well, I'm sure he didn't really think like that, but nevertheless, that's what happened. So, again, it's really important that your audience from the get-go think this is really, uh, this is worth my while giving it my full attention. And I think sometimes there's this thought that, you know, if I'm doing a sales presentation, I don't want to give away too much of my presentation. Otherwise, they'll go somewhere else or do it themselves. And the reality is, yes, a certain percentage of people are going to do that. And they're people you should thank God are never your customers. (laughs) And when you show your expertise and you're on point, People recognize it and they want it because people realize that they're not masters of all things. So Trevor, if you were helping me 
So I've got this new project coming up and it's, uh, did I give you a copy of Mindset Boosters? I think so. Yes. I think we talked about it. Or I yeah. Have- so it's uh, about uh, an app that lets you uh, figure out how you want to feel or act in any situation. So how would you coach me to hone down that message? What questions would you ask me to get a tighter message so we can build a presentation around it? Well, I think the first thing would be who are you going to, who are you hoping to present to, and what what do you want that outcome to be? You know? uh, gullible people, and no, not that <laughs> sales professionals. We're looking for sales professionals that are high performers that want to stay in the performance zone would yeah. be the ideal target or, audience. And of course, you know those sort of people are, are are you know not inundated with stuff, but they've got a lot of stuff going on, and when. Mm-hmm. When they're in that high performance zone as well, there's a danger they think that you know they, they've cracked it and they don't need to learn anything new or use anything new as well. So right. you've got to really, you know, if you've got you might, the way of thinking about it, Umar, I always think is okay. It doesn't matter how long your presentation's going to be, but what if you had ninety seconds? You know, your kind of elevator pitch, if you. Like. Oh yeah. But, um, you know, what would you put into that? Because whatever you put into that, that's you know that to me is the starting point. That's that's going to distill everything down. Yeah, absolutely. So whatever you put in that, you can then maybe expand a little bit on. One of the things about presentations is we always tend to think we you know we should take longer than we really need. You know, that's one thing I loved about TED Talks. They're still around. I don't watch them as much. But when they first came out, it was like uh, a lightning strike. It was like, oh, my God, you got the world's best thinkers condensing their ideas down to 18 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't happen by accident. There's something you need to kind of hone it down. Yeah. So take us, where are we in the P's right now? Well, we've probably, we've worked our way through the purpose, the people, the preparation, which is all the logistics, the planning bit. Uh, if you're going to use slides, which is PowerPoint, which is the fifth P, then, you know, just my, my advice is, you know, no one wants to cause death by PowerPoint, do they? If they can help it. But we've all suffered it, haven't we, over the years? Well, we've all suffered it a lot, probably. <laughs> But interestingly, my thought on that is that it's not always the number of words, uh, sorry, not the number of slides that you use. To me, death by a PowerPoint is often the content of those slides. You know, when you, you're in a presentation and someone puts that slide up and it's got about 50, 60, 100, 150 words on it and they start reading it. That's oh, yeah. what death by a PowerPoint. There's a little, there's a very interesting little thing I do that, Uma. When I'm delivering um, presentation programs, I usually get to about, you know, say 30 40 minutes in and then i'll say right so um how many slides have i used and people go oh 25 27 31 and i'm usually on slide 70 something and they're always amazed and i say well that proves the point so um you know it's not death by powerpoint by the number of slides it's because most of my slides have got one or two words on and that's it or an image and that's it and and that would be the thing for me so my top tip for your listeners on PowerPoint is think that PowerPoint is a prompt. It's not a script. Absolutely. And I think uh, I'd add to it a little bit. It's uh, So what you're saying, if you can find the right image or a word or two that would enhance your message and make it more memorable, you strengthen the words. And if it's not doing that, then uh, you're doing it wrong. Because I've also been there. And if you're going to read the PowerPoint uh, just make a video and stop the torture, keep people at home. Yeah. It's very much, dude, and you need interaction with the audience. So we've got the PowerPoint, and what's the next P? Practice. Uh, practice is the sixth P, and, and it's one thing that most presenters really don't do enough of, if at all. And the top tip I can give uh, your listeners for practice, Umar, is that if you've got whatever time you've got to deliver your presentation in, when you're practicing, 
take it no more than 80 to 85% of that time. So let's say Brilliant. 20 minute presentation, when you practice, deliver it in 16 or 17. Because if you do the full 20 in practice, I'll guarantee you'll be over the time in, in real. Oh, that's a really good tip. And by the way, dear listeners, uh, since you need to practice, find family members you don't like and trap them <laughs> and present to them. It serves two purposes. So yeah, practicing is really, really important. Like this morning I was playing squash and there was a guy in another court uh, just uh, practicing by himself. Mm. maneuvers that he's going to do in his match. And he was just doing it for like 40 minutes doing those practices. And I was like, I wish I had that discipline, but there's a reason why he's like a freaking amazing player. And I embarrass the entire world of squash with my play. It takes dedication to be good at it. Well, it, does. You know what's, it does. You know what's amazing is this, uh, when you see someone that is a total master of their craft, they become so good that they give you the illusion that what they did was effortless. Yeah. And you kind of go, yeah. I could do that. And when you go to do it, you realize, no freaking way. This is way harder than I thought. But when you get that level of mastery, you make it look easy. And that's, I think, what we need to strive for. It is. And, uh, you know, we've all seen presenters in action. And it looks as though they've, uh, they've got no notes sometimes or very few notes. They just, it's effortless. It all flows very neatly. And it looks as though they're almost winging it. But, of course, we know that they've practiced it a lot. So one of the things I do is I know that I want to do uh, the overall uh, message is this. I've got three points to uh, bolster my message. And for each point, I got a story. And what I remember is what's the opening of the story? Uh, the opening of the story is, you know, you wouldn't believe this. And I go into the story and the exit is one line that I know for sure. And it exits on. And that's how you can become amazing at squash. Because the very next story, their opening line links in perfectly. Yeah. And in the middle of the story, I can meander if I want. And people think I memorized the whole thing. And it's just a trick of just openings and beginnings are locked in. Everything else lets me flow a little bit uh, to uh, sense the audience what they need. Thoughts on that? Absolutely. Yeah, I, th I think that's right. And I think that within that structure, because I always say to people, you know, make sure within your structure of your presentation, you, you, you don't take up, you know, more than about 70% with your core messages. You've got to have a good start and a kind of what I would call a big finish. Because, you know, if you think about it, the start is when people are making their minds up about you. You know, yes. worth me listening. And the finish is when, they, when you're trying to persuade them or, you know, to do something about it. So actually, the bit in the middle, we, we, I think we get the wrong way around in terms of how important it is. Sometimes, Absolutely. Sometimes the bit in the middle is not the most important thing. It's the forgotten. Yeah. The fastest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and very often presenters put all the emphasis on the bit in the middle. They have a poor start. And they have sometimes they don't even have a finish at all. So get that start and finish right. That would that's what I would say. So what are your thoughts on? Because uh, people, neuroscience proves that you know it's the opening and the closing are what people remember most. So do you link the two so you kind of hammer home that message Absolutely. on the opening and the and the ending? Yeah. I mean, if you Google, uh, you know, how to do a presentation, Umar, you'll probably come up with something called the three tellums, which has been knocking around for about a hundred oh, yeah. thousand years. Where you know. You tell them what you're going to tell them, which is the start. You tell them your core bit in the middle, and you tell them what you've told them. So you've got three opportunities to get your, you know, the whole emphasis of the, you know, the, the core message that wraps around it all. 
So, you know, if I was starting a presentation, I would say, so over the next 15 minutes, I'm going to share with you three top ideas that will help you grow your sales or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm getting everything in that that beginning. So, you know, it's going to be 15 minutes. You're in for three top ideas. So hopefully you're thinking, great, what are those? <laughs> and then at the end, I would say, so those top three ideas, let's just let me just remind you of what they were. Da, da, da. And this is now what I want you to do next. Ah, brilliant. So we're at the practice P. What's the next P? Is that the last P? The last one is performance, which is the delivery of your presentation. Yes. And and, uh, when I first created this model, I had practice and performance the other way around. But I realized you need to practice, obviously, before you go out and deliver the performance. And um, when I when I use the word performance, people get a bit worried and they say, well, crikey, you know, you know, they because people, you know, we all know that there's a lot of people who fear presenting, even if they do it virtually. So my, my thought is that, you know, you're not looking to win an Oscar. You're looking to deliver your presentation. And you get a sale. Be the best, the best of you. Now, I yes. picked that up from somebody else. I can't remember who years ago. Um, but just be the best of yourself for however long you've got. And, and, you know, and enjoy it. Because if you enjoy delivering your presentation, that will rub off on your audience. If you sort of stand there and you're looking as though and feeling as though you just can't wait for this to finish – then, you know, that's going to have a kind of negative vibe on your audience. So you've got oh, absolutely. And, you know, and you know all about this with the mindset. You've got to get in that zone, haven't you? And, you know, I remember when you came on my podcast, you talked about, you know, being an A player more more than just 5% of the time. Well, you know, in this, in this case, you know, I want you to be an A player when you're delivering your presentation. And then actually, if you're going to be a B player, well, be the rest of the time, but not when you're doing your presentation. That's when you've got absolutely. to be and the only thing I'd add to that, Trevor, is this, is that I'm a firm believer in the power of sucking. Right. That do the seven Ps and you're going to do a pretty decent job, but it's going to suck compared to the 10th time you do the delivery. So don't get caught up on it. It has to be perfect. No, no. Structure it out. Do it. It's going to be better than most people do anyway, but just be happy with what you did and then record every single presentation you do. Record, 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 and then you can listen back to it. And if you got a coach, if you're using Trevor as your coach, listen back to it together and Trevor will say, oh, you did really well here. Over here, uh, what happened there? And then you workshop it rather than coming back to Trevor saying, oh, yeah, it went pretty well. And then it kind of went uh, sideways where uh, kind of, I don't know, record. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because I think I think one of the, you know, one of the challenges for everything we do in business, Umar, is that is having that motivation to keep getting better at everything that we do, no matter how long we've been doing it. And one of the challenges with working with presenters is that, you know, they've been, they're the CEO of the company. They've been delivering presentations of a sort for 20, 30 years. And they just think they can turn up and deliver it and it'll be great. Yeah. And, they, and, of course, everyone in their company says, oh, that was great. That was brilliant. When it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> that is, well, that's a perfect time to uh, end our conversation together. Trevor, thanks so much for sharing the seven Ps. It kind of makes me want to go pee. No, it doesn't. Only kidding. <laughs> thanks for being on the show. Umar, it's been terrific. Thank you very much for inviting me. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 